And then boom, 2018, I start getting more recognition. And then I, I felt kind of the weight of the MLS Instagram community on me. And that's what I still feel to this day. And I like that. But then I realized that like, I want to start connecting everyone because not like I have this whole power thing, but like, you know, bringing everyone together. I mean, we're still such a niche group of people. Welcome to Footy Fellas. Welcome, welcome to Footy Fellas. Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. Going to be talking soccer, talking life, playing games, playing mind games. We got a little something for you. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube at Footy Fellas Pod, F O O T Y Fellas Pod. The voice you heard to open the pod today was none other than Eli Lesser, creator and curator of the This Week in MLS channel on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We talked with him about growing that channel over the last five years and what it's meant for him, what it's meant for the MLS community, how his strategy has changed. And then we also got into the MLS season, which we're all really excited about. So some predictions, hot takes, and a fun game at the end. Definitely a worthy and meaningful listen and a meaningful chat for all of us. He's... um. He's an inspiration, I think. I think it's fun when we have people on this pod who are well along in their own personal pursuits, at least further than we are in in our own footy fellows adventure. And it's inspirational for us to see how they've grown their own stuff, but also um, to see someone who's just... And I don't know if they would give themselves, maybe they're hard on themselves. Maybe, maybe Eli would say he's not necessarily successful yet, but, but to us, he absolutely is. And maybe, maybe he should say he is. Um, but it's awesome to talk to a guy like that who's uh, so passionate about what he does. And you can tell that he also lives that, literally lives it. He has a green screen set up in his room 24 <laughs> 7. So the guy is, he's living and breathing it um, and he's killing it. And um, I think it was, a, it was a pleasure to have him on. And um, it's contagious to have that kind of energy. Um, around us yeah definitely and you know on top of that he's a sophomore in college which to me is is awesome mind-blowing I feel like I didn't have enough time to run a very successful soccer page but he finds the time dedication he's got and it's again yeah inspirational to see very the the future is bright for Eli Lesser just overall good energy having another Eli on the pod. We obviously had to banter about that that equal energy that we had going on. Two other things before we get right into the interview because we want to be conscious of your time. These two things definitely deserve more of a conversation and perhaps we will continue talking about them in future pods, but I'm going to come to each of you for one of these topics, your 30-second, 40-second hot take. Jones, the Super League fiasco. We talked about the what-ifs last weekend, last Sunday, then it happened, then it stopped happening all during this week, and now we're here the following weekend. What is your feelings at this point about the Super League? Um, I think my feelings and perhaps the the larger soccer community is is pretty raw after experiencing such a um, dramatic back and forth with what seemed to be the end of football as we knew it from an international perspective. Um, we are about to embark on, you know, uh, a, an off season and then the beginning of a new season. 
um, with some clubs, some top six clubs, especially in the Premier League, who are going to need to um, uh, be held accountable for what they've done. And either that's going to be some um, owners are going to be in and out, um, fines will be doled, things are going to be changed. Um, they've already they've already been irrevocably changed, um, perhaps for the for the better or or in some ways um, the. Eli Lesser, but, uh, however you want to put it, um, things are different. I think we're moving in the right direction and we'll just have to see what happens, um, as, uh, fans start to get back in stadiums and they can more ardently, um, root against their ownership. That was all off the top too. That was off the top of the dome. No, no screenplay, just wordplay. Strictly words. Strictly words. Icy, I'm coming to you for the second topic. Also something serious, more serious than the Super League, but feel the need to touch on it because it's a big part of our lives and especially your life in Minnesota. And that was the Derek Chauvin trial uh, related to the George Floyd killing, uh, which we now can say because he was found guilty on all three counts. What's the feeling in Minnesota? What was any of the chatter or kind of your reaction as that was unfolding this week? Yeah, I think there was a lot of anxiety, anxiousness throughout the trial itself, especially leading up to a jury decision, a verdict. Uh, but, you know, big, a big sigh of relief that we're, we got some uh, accountability in the case for sure. Uh, but, you know, I think there's a long way to go. And, uh, you know, this is only one case, one individual incident out of many that, that take place. Um, so, you know, although it's a, a, a small win, there's a still, there's still a lot to do. So, you know, I think on the day, uh, Tuesday, you know, folks were, were excited and, and got to uh, a little bit of celebratory nature on the day, but you know, now it's, now it's time to get back to work and, uh, you know, a verdict, uh, a verdict for accountability doesn't take the place of policy changes. So that's, that's gotta be obviously, uh, the next step here. hundred percent, man. Well said. I've been, yeah, I've been hearing from a lot of folks, you know, accountability in this one case, but obviously not justice for George Floyd, who isn't here. And like you just said, policy, a lot more work needed. Eli actually chatted, not myself in the third person, but Eli Lesser, actually had a great chat with Dane St. Clair, who is the Minnesota United goalkeeper about the social climate in Minneapolis and the Black Players for Change organization, which is the group started by MLS players to amplify Black voices and Black communities. So check that out. Check out that interview uh, and others on his YouTube channel uh, this week in MLS after you listen to this one, because you're first, you're already here. So it just takes more effort. It's a higher barrier to leave right now than it is to stay for the rest of the episode. And more importantly, it's a, a heck of a chat. So it's one that will really get you inside the mind of this growing and entertaining channel this week in MLS. Enjoy. We are blessed. We're excited. We're grateful. We're honored to have the illustrious Eli Lesser joining us on today's uh, pod recording. Um, Eli, if you guys aren't familiar, and and I know our fan base is 
uh, is frequently seeing all the things that we're reposting or talking about with regards to MLS, uh, excuse me, this week in MLS, I just jump right to the gun. Um, and, and Eli is the mastermind behind the whole, the whole, um, I don't know, page personality, uh, content. He, he does everything. He's the maestro and we would love to unpack and learn more about how he's put that together. And, um, and the impressive resume that is coming at such a young age, the, the man is in college right now. And, uh, and in his own in his own dorm room with a green screen behind him. So we know every day is a grind and he's here to, to help help teach us how it's done. Eli, welcome to the pod. Thank you guys so much for having me. I love the name Footy Fellas. And I also love your guys' names as we talked briefly. There's an Eli in here and there's two Maxes. <laughs> and for those who know me well, um, my best, best, best friend, a guy who I watch a lot of soccer with, his name is Max. Um, so shout out to him. So I, I just love it. I love this already. The scales are finally even. I've been stuck with two maxes and they just hold it over <laughs> my head every episode. And finally, we're even, Eli. So we have to band together if it comes to it. It comes down to it. Well, that sounds good. I love the Chicago um, shirt, by the way. Are you guys uh, fire fans? Yeah, I mean, well... I am struggling. It's 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 been an uphill uphill climb. Uh, but yes, lifelong Chicago guy. This guy is a New York. Want, there East we go. Coast. There we go. Yeah, East Coast uh, transplant in Chicago. So I did go to numerous Red Bulls, NYCFC, a couple games at the beginning before I moved out here. But I never fell in love with the teams, and I think only recently am I becoming a much bigger MLS fan, especially heading into this year. So that's why I personally am excited to chat with you and talk a little bit of MLS today. Sounds good. And you know, now with the whole Super League thing, it's the best time to hop on the MLS bandwagon, right? <laughs> exactly. Glad you brought up Super League. It's talk of the town. Give us give us the Eli Lesser take. I mean, personally, uh, and this might be controversial in the end of the day, obviously I don't want it to happen, but at, like I actually like don't care as much about European soccer as a lot of people think I might do. Um, when I say I'm an MLS guy, I am an MLS guy. Unlike a lot of soccer fans, I got into soccer through MLS, not through um, EPL or La Liga. So like everything I've always done has always been about MLS. I've never um, strived to cover other leagues, um, but I've recently become more of a European soccer guy. And now I'm like, OK, um, now this is happening. So I'm going to stick to MLS. <laughs> um, <laughs> And yeah, so like, obviously it's, it's garbage what they're doing. I do hate how people are comparing it to MLS. I think it's a very unfair comparison. People are trying to um, compare, compare it to just the American game in general. And it's not fair because uh, this super league is taking away something that's already pre that's already established. That's already been so great, but MLS came out of nothing. So obviously to create a league in America, they're going to have to make it um likable towards an American sports audience, not just a soccer audience. So I, I think it's a lame comparison to just be like, oh, isn't the MLS already like this? Like, screw that. 100%. Yeah, we want to talk MLS. We're definitely going to get there. We want to first talk this week in MLS, your baby that you've grown over 50K followers on Instagram, which is our primary platform. So that's where we see most of your content. But you're expanding into YouTube, the podcast, a lot of cool stuff you're doing. Where did this start? Where did this MLS passion, this dream of the account, kind of what you saw it becoming, where did that all start? 
Yeah, so the MLS passion and then the passion for the account kind of have two different origin stories that mesh together in one. So to start out the MLS one, um, so I'm from LA. I, I can't hide where I got into soccer from being an MLS guy. So in 2007, my grandpa, who is a big European soccer fan, wanted to see David Beckham play. David Beckham joined the Galaxy and I went to see them play. And that's kind of when I got hooked on MLS. But I wasn't really an addict. I, I'm pretty self-diagnosed here. Um, but I wasn't an MLS addict until like 2013-14. Um, and so the origin of this week in MLS is I've always wanted to be a sports broadcaster. You know, when five-year-olds wanted to be Spider-Man, Dora the Explorer, or like Danny Phantom, I wanted to be a broadcaster. <laughs> And that's, that was just always the goal. And in 2014, I was 14 years old and my mom shipped me to a sports broadcasting camp. And at the time I was a baseball guy, you know, being in the same city as the Dodgers, they are the, they are the sports team of LA. I'm a Clipper fan, so I will never admit the Lakers are LA's team. Um, so like the, the biggest sports team in LA is the Dodgers. And at the time, the Dodgers still had the legendary Vin Scully as their play-by-play -play broadcaster. So I attend this camp with a Dodger hat on and a gray hoodie, and I'm expecting to become the next Vin Scully. The thing is, I get there to the camp, and we're in the, the large room where all the campers meet in the morning, and everyone else is wearing a Dodger hat and a gray hat. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, at first, I was like, yo, there's so many people like me. But then it was a week-long camp, and as the camp went on, I realized how competitive sports broadcasting mm. is. And also throughout that week, I realized I was the only one there that knew anything about MLS. Mm. So my competitive motherfucking brain was like, I'm going to come back to this camp next year and I'm going to be the MLS guy because no one else is doing it here. And I doubt there's anyone else doing it out there. I mean, I found out there were people doing it, um, but my, my, I had the, the determination, excuse me, to be the best of that. And heading into the camp two weeks before the camp started in 2015, I created This Week in MLS. And it started out, um, do you guys know the Instagram account All Sports News? I don't. Mm -mm. Okay. Well, it's an account that posts uh, news of all sports and it has the, the picture in the middle, the white border on the top, white border on the bottom. And then there's, there's like a title on the top white border and there's text throughout the bottom. So what I did was I would do those posts for like breaking news. My very first post was about like Stevie G withdrawing from the MLS All-Star game or something like that in 2015. And then uh, I did that for like three years, four years. Um, I also had my own podcast, This Week in MLS podcast. Um, OGs remember the the original form of that. Um, and then in 2018, I realized that I wanted to like change it up. I realized I wasn't quite doing what I wanted to do to be a sports broadcaster. So then I tried to create more of a persona to it. Um, and that was great. Didn't really make videos though, which I realized was my big mistake heading into COVID. Um, Cause I just wrapped up my uh, freshman year at Syracuse university, or I guess I was kicked off um, for COVID reasons. Um, so I finished the semester at home and I was in a class where we learned how to use premiere and I was thinking, like, I don't like posting graphics. I don't like making graphics. 
Um, this is not what I want to do with myself. I was I was having a not a midlife crisis because I'd like to think I'm still young, um, but like some sort of crisis where it's like, Eli, you're not doing what you want to be doing. So why are you doing it? So I realized like I now know how to use Premiere. If I want to be a broadcaster, I have to be good on camera and I have to work on that. It's not just going to come naturally. So I started making this week in MLS videos. And that's what my content has shifted to over the past year and a half now. Um, it's been over a year since I posted my first video, I believe. And I edit all of them. And then in the fall or no, headed, no, sorry. In the winter, I started the This Week in MLS show on YouTube, um, which showcases more interviewing stuff. And then just more of me because uh, my Instagram videos are made for Instagram. So they're very short. It's all about hooking the the person or the viewer into it immediately because they'll see the preview on your on their uh, feed. Um, but on YouTube, you obviously don't get that. You have to actually click on the video. So that's why my videos always start with a weird intro. So that's why we we love, we appreciate your intros, all, all different types, all kind of goofy, funny, entertaining. Uh, and we try to do some of that too. We've got, you know, our, our fake ads, because even though we have tons oh, yeah. of real money and tons of sponsors coming into the Footy Fellas podcast, we also might or might not write any or all of our sponsor reads. Uh, so we can respect that. Do you, do you feel nerves doing that? Like, is that exciting? Is that it's just who you are and you can I finally mean- do it? It is me. It is really me. All those memes you see are usually memes that I find very funny, whether they're older or new memes. Uh, They're just things I want to bring back. I love making like Jimmy Neutron references. A lot of references from like stuff when I was little. I do a lot of SpongeBob memes because overall people know SpongeBob and it's relatable and it's a way to hook in everyone, even just like the followers of my personal account that don't watch soccer at all. They're like, oh, Eli's doing funny stuff, I guess. Um, But no, all of that is very much me, but those are strategically placed so that people get drawn into my videos. Um, But with the YouTube show, because my videos are so short on Instagram, because obviously no one's going to watch a 13 minute video on their phone, um, I guess, or just scrolling through Instagram on YouTube, my show gives me more time to, you know, give full fledged thoughts and everything on topics so it's so i'm not just a meme i'm also like i also have a bit of merit to what i have to say i guess that's totally fair yeah the other thing we've noticed from following you is that you're really collaborative and inclusive within the mls community oftentimes reposting other people's stuff working on projects together it seems like to us um you know really building up the community is that something that you consciously went in thinking about and wanting to do is is growing this MLS community working with other creators on social media? Well, yeah. So as I grew a following, like 2018 is when my account blew up. I had like 4,000 followers heading into 2018. I started in 2015. So that was like a very slow growth. And then boom, 2018, I start getting more recognition. And then I, I felt kind of the weight of the MLS Instagram community on me. And that's what I still feel to this day. Um, and I like that, but then I realized that like, I want to start connecting everyone because not like I have this whole power thing, but like, you know, bringing everyone together. I mean, we're still such a niche group of people, just American soccer fans in general and bringing them together is very satisfying for me to see. 
also like on a personal level i like none of my friends aside from max really like soccer and he 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 and i don't go to college he's a childhood friend of mine um so like i don't have a lot of friends that like this stuff so being able to connect with you guys and do these collaborations it's just like it's it lets me know there's people like me out there that i can be friends with because honestly like i'm a pretty anti-social guy i'd say because everything i like in life is just something that no one else likes like i'm wearing a punk rock t-shirt right now like i don't know anyone that listens to the music i listen to or likes the soccer i listen or soccer i watch um so like just being able to meet people that do like that i do have something in common with is so cool to me right on man look uh you're not alone okay that's why we brought you on here because you know we care about you okay and this is a safe space did either of you guys have did you talk soccer with your friends growing up i'm i don't know if we've ever really gotten into it absolutely i, I like it, it was a it was a thing though that definitely gradually happened I, as americans i don't know it's not really deeply embedded in our culture as much so it wasn't readily available it was definitely a thing that grew out of um you know maybe high school i think i played a lot of soccer so i was fortunate enough to you know be in circles where i was with other guys like that but outside of that i mean there was also that that phase all right i'm gonna throw it out there there's that phase when you would have people saying like grass fairy or or these terms like that where it was like like it lasted a little bit, but now I feel like soccer is becoming this dominant uh, uh, conversation and, and narrative in, in our culture that, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a respectable, it's a, it's a thing to connect on and communicate with. And I don't know, I've been very fortunate. Icy, did you, did you have like a good soccer base network that you were social with? You know, my best, my good friend growing up, Nathan, we played soccer forever and most of the, folks I played with, uh, you know, the kids I played with growing up, we just played. We didn't really actually talk too much soccer except for the World Cup. You know, the World Cup was the time. 2006 was my first World Cup I remember uh, watching. And since then, you know, every four years, of course. But world besides World Cup and playing with these guys, we didn't talk a lot of soccer. So that really came from you, Jonesy, college. You guys, you guys had your Man United fans and your Arsenals. And- yes. And we got we got very uh, Eurocentric, but then then we have people, honorable people like Eli, who are actually bringing and sharing a voice uh, of the American culture. That is the MLS. Um, you you mentioned the weight of having all of this MLS community with you, Eli. Um, to can you can you kind of like help unpack what that kind of means? But what do you mean by weight? Is it is it purely just you see a lot more likes and comments, or do you feel that there's some more depth to it? Well, you know, in terms of where Instagram falls within the hierarchy of MLS fans, it's probably one of the lowest or least respected, I would say. A lot of people are very quick to pass off Instagram because, you know, it's just pictures. Um, You know, Twitter's where it's at. I'm now new to Twitter. I started posting on Twitter a lot more and just talking on there and connecting. Um, But... I've been trying to give the MLS Instagram community a voice. And I feel like I have um, just with the things that I've done outside of Instagram. I mean, before me, no one from the MLS Instagram community, aside from people that like actually had jobs in MLS, were able to get like media credentials or were active with or had like players talk about them. Um, and I was the, I was that first guy in the community. And now I'm seeing a lot of these young pages that like started because of me. And that's what I mean about weight or 
having like the or lifting a weight in the community, just noticing all these pages and having them reach out to me, telling me how I inspired their page. And now like how I know there's a Houston Dynamo account that now has media credentials for the Dynamo. And he's like, you inspired this. And there's even podcasts that have started because of me. I'm like, oh, well, thank you. I'm just some weird nerd. <laughs> That's um, super cool. But um. But no, it, it, that's why I feel like there's a way or there's expectations now for me to like get that job at MajorLeagueSoccer.com when I'm older, when I'm out of college or like work with a team when I'm older. And that's hopefully that is obviously the goal. Um, but, you know, it, it's a little bit of pressure, but it's like I, I, I kind of like that. That's great. Do you get excited when you see a player or team in your comments or in your DMs? Like, is that a is that a pretty cool thing seeing how much it's grown to that point or is it just normal is yeah, just whatever it's just every it's day yeah you could say it's whatever i mean so the team thing i'm still getting used to because that's new a lot of teams didn't want to talk or didn't want to notice me for a very long time i would say um but finally i have one mls team following me hey. and there there there's the meme page that has like all of them following and i'm just like i love Daniel Romero, he owns M- official MLS memes. Great guy, whatever. Um, but he has he has a lot of teams following him. I have one, and it's the Revs. So shout out to the New England Revolution. Um, they joined the party just like a couple months ago. Um, but with the players and stuff, uh, I really grew. Like my account really grew when players started following me and like started reposting my stuff mm. on their stories. You mentioned how you guys repost stuff on your stories and all that. Like the very first one that like not my first player follower, but the one that really helped me grow the most was actually Mark Anthony K of LAFC. Um, and like, I, I developed a relationship with him pretty early on in his first season with LAFC. And that, that really like changed the game for me. That was 2018 when I started to grow tremendously. And like a lot of it, I could credit to like the very first time he gave me a shout out, like everything just started to change. Um, and that was like my first shout out. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm now at a point with players where some of them follow my personal, which is kind of nice, um, but not not that many. Um, a lot do follow the the soccer account. It's such a small community overall, both soccer, well, not soccer in the world. Soccer in the U.S. is such a small community, and then people making content and talking about soccer in a public way, and I think that's something we've realized. I don't know if either of you guys have thoughts, but just trying to connect and both chat on other people's pods or, you know, record with other, other people coming on our pod. Everyone's so willing and excited to talk about soccer in the U S and everyone can recognize its growth and can see it happening because they're a part of it. So it's definitely MLS and not MLS within the U S a lot of S's feels like a, you know, a real thing. There's serious momentum over the last couple of years for sure. And, and obviously before that as well. And yeah, you think about it five years ago, by the way, just like, there weren't these matches, these opening weekend matches on Fox and ABC. And like hockey doesn't even have this many matches televised on these major networks. Like MLS is getting there. It's going to be passing hockey, hopefully baseball soon. And, you know, I think the NFL will eventually lose its momentum and hopefully MLS could pass that. I do think the NBA might still uh, remain a top one. Uh, but even their ratings have dipped while MLS has risen tremendously. Could you, you've mentioned, we've kind of talked about different pieces of your journey and and I think you gave us a great arc for where you are today, how you got there. Um, Could you help explain to us how you think of your account now and um, 
and, and how you're using different social media for different, I don't know, avenues or outputs. And, and I'm throwing a lot at you. And then also, so if, if that's part of it, and then also, um, what's your goal in like two years from now? What do you want? What do you want MLS, uh, this week in MLS to look like, or is it, you know, what does Eli Lesser look like in a couple of years? Yeah. So with, um, it regards of what I think of my account now, um, I don't love it as much as I used to. I love making the content for it. Um, but I'm trying to be able to spread my wings a little bit more and work on less my following and my numbers and more of my actual skills uh, because the numbers will only get you so far. You actually have to be able to have the skill to, to do the job, you know, to, to talk on a microphone, to speak in front of a camera. Um, so that's what I really am like driven to get better with. And that's one thing like I'm really appreciative of the 110 football show, which I'm on, which is an LAFC fan show. I don't talk about LAFC. I, I can't stress that enough on that show. I talk about the rest of the league. Um, I'm sure you could guess which soccer team I like in LA. Um, <laughs> but uh, but um, no, I, I that, they've allowed me to write, produce. Um, I've written sketches. I've, I do my two segments a week now for them. I actually should be posting one soon whenever it is emailed to me. Um, but that's me being me, and they're giving me the freedom to kind of make a broadcast reel. Um, which is very important for what I want to do. Um, but me spreading to different platforms is more giving my... I've already built a voice on Instagram. Um, what I say matters, which is kind of cool, but also like I'm wrong most of the time. I mean, everyone <laughs> is. Um, but um, I want to build a voice to... not. I'm not saying Instagram isn't respectable, even though I kind of said it wasn't back a few minutes ago but like on a more respectable level to more respectable people um uh, i want to build a voice among the mls broadcasters and pundits around the league and get gain their respect because that's eventually what could make or break me getting a job or not in the future it's based on you know who i'm going to be partnered with and do they want to work with me um so i want to make myself the guy that no one can refuse. And yeah, in like two years after college, I want to be able to have a job in MLS with a team or with a league where I'm essentially doing what I'm doing now in terms of content creation and like video creation. I want to be a host. That would be great. I would love to, my ideal goal in life would be, and this is more like 20 years from now, to to host a soccer TV show. Nice. You know, just like a talk show, like a Stephen A type show. But on like on a network or whatever, we don't even know what television is going to be in 20 years. Um, So (laughs) I'll be careful about that. Um, But I want to like host a show, produce it, um, come up with the segments and everything and then be the guy of that. And I'm hoping that what I've done over the last five years, almost six now, is setting me up in a position and also with what I'm doing in college. um, I, I, I flew across the country to attend Syracuse University um, because of the broadcasting program that they have. So that's the goal. I wanted to comment, Eli, on, uh, I like that you had said, you know, I'm not right all the time, uh, but it's okay, you know. So I, I've actually, I don't know about uh, Eli and Max on, on my end, on the footy fella end, if, if you guys have all kind of 
through this experience of having a podcast and having your voice be out on these these media platforms, do you feel you're more opinionated or have you always been uh, opinionated when it comes to soccer in terms of, you know, there's something contentious or there's a matchup coming up and you just, you know, before this, did you pick a side and kind of just roll with it and, and speak what you felt or now has it changed where you'll pick maybe devil's devil's advocate and argue really much for it? Uh, I don't know. What, what were your thoughts on have you become a little more opinionated nowadays with the, the platform? I will say really quick, right when you said that, I see Jones crossed his arms and he was like ready to argue. Like you put him in the you put I him mean, in the opinionated mode. You, you had him ready to go. <laughs> I'm not going to say I ever go full Alexi Lawless and try to be uh, controversial for the engagement. Um uh, definitely what I say, I believe most of the time, I will say occasionally I will post certain things to to crack at different fan bases just to uh, to pick them a pick on them a little bit to get them riled up Um it comes from love and also deep hatred. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm talking to you Sounders fans. <laughs> that's um, all of our fans. That's, that's our demo. That's no. our demo. <laughs> Um, but no over time obviously when i'm making videos and i pose a question most of my video titles have to have a question that i'm gonna answer like obviously i will be opinionative and if i'm doing a ranking um that's naturally going to be opinionative um but on my page i used to just be straight news um just what's going on in the league and then also i'd post rumors um, which is a, uh, the time where I had the most growth, but also the time where I was definitely, I definitely, uh, got my name blackmailed off a couple of people's minds, um, which is okay, uh, because I've definitely matured very much in the past three years since I stopped doing that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think my videos in general are just pretty opinionative just because of how I, how I design them. You know, the Stephen A. Smiths of the world, your your future soccer show in 20 years, Eli, uh, you're going to have to be pretty opinionated. Stephen A. Smith is uh, he's an opinionated guy. That's, that's his <laughs> Oh, I will be for that. Don't yeah. Worry. Oh, yeah. You got to be. <laughs> I was going to throw the question back at you, I see. You asked it. Give us your quick, quick answer. You think you, you become more opinionated? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think Jones maybe can attest. I, I kind of always take the the un, i don't know i feel like i take the the side that no one really is rooting for <laughs> sometimes and and i'll just go with it and, and you know sometimes especially i remember on our instagram live jones and i were just talking on there and like i was pretending to, to you know know what i'm talking about you know i was just saying stuff that i would see or think about and uh and people were like wow you sounded like you really knew what you were saying i was like well, you got to fake it till you make it until uh, in this world. So, I mean, speaking, that's... I mean, he, he, Eli for context, uh, Icy, or that's his nickname. He's from Minnesota. So he always advocates for like the little guys, MN, UFC, Vikings, all that kind of stuff. So he's used to that. It's nothing, nothing changing the narrative. Um, he's a huge super league guy. That's the... like, his, that's his recent mantle he's taken up. So we don't want to ruffle any feathers, but like, he's our super league guy. We bring him on and we're going to, you know, prop up the super league. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Facts. Uh, do we want to tra- transition to, to the MLS season a little bit? Anything well, else you want we, to add? Yeah, we ha- we don't have the magical touch. I don't want to put that much on us, but we've spoken to multiple uh, broadcasters on the pod, mm. one being Poppy Miller, 
who at the time okay. was working for the Charleston Battery and is now talking on CBS for Champions League, Europa League, all those competitions. And also Mike Watts, who is a hell of a guy and we played some fun games with. So I don't want to say we have this touch that could take you to the next level <laughs> or that it's just going to happen. But past history has shown that we've, we've worked some magic. I like that. And I, I really hope that you do got you you, you do have the touch. <laughs> Us too. That'd be kind of cool. That would be we're the kingmakers. You just come on our show and we'll we'll, we'll bless it. That's just how it works. That'd be incredible. Uh, Eli, I mean, biggest thing you're you're uh, if you're gonna be on the pod, if you're talking with us, the question we have to ask is what like what are you most looking forward to with this MLS season? Who who is going to win the MLS Cup? Um and uh like, why won't it be the Chicago Fire? <laughs> okay. Uh, why won't it be the Chicago Fire? It's because they're their own biggest competition every single mm. year. Um, for some reason, with that team, it's always a battle amongst themselves to figure things out. Um, that's how I view the situation, because every year they come into the season with a great team on paper, but they always underperform. Mm. And like on paper right now, the Chicago Fire roster should easily qualify for the playoffs, but they 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 manage not to, and that's been their story, uh, especially with the the Bastion Schweinsteiger era. I'm sure they made it once, um, but the years they didn't, they easily should have. I even one year had them as a top three team in the East heading into the season, which is kind of weird to think about. Um, but yeah, for them, it's just like some sort of battle um, with their with their I guess inner saboteurs or something that's going on there um their inner demons or something that's that's what i think has always held the chicago fire back um also the ownership issues and all of that but just like for some reason they can't get the job done when they have a great squad the the Um, new logo when they're coming out with the the new new logo i think it's going to be everything's different just once just it's a it's a a sudden it's a facelift that's all it is it's done We're, we're there not worried okay so then okay if it's not the chicago fire who's who's actually coming away with it then okay it's a little awkward because this team lost yesterday to the vancouver whitecaps um which is pretty embarrassing but i'm very high on the portland timbers this season uh they're going to be healthier uh sebastian blanco who was the mls's back tournament mvp went down with a torn acl after um but they won the mls's back tournament first of all because of Blanco, really. So he's going to be back. This team got better defensively, which was one of their biggest weaknesses last year, was holding on to leads. Um, but they have the best front six in MLS, in my opinion, um, with guys like Diego Valeri, Diego Chara, um, also Jimmy Chara. They, they, they just have a great veteran presence, a stacked roster, and they have great depth as well. I'm sure they lost their first match, but it's the first match of the season. They've also been focusing on the CONCACAF Champions League, which I guess with the Super League is now the the best Champions League to watch. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I still have faith in the Portland Timbers. I, I, I have all my Timber stock still. And and what are you most looking forward to for this for this upcoming season? Man, I hate to sound like such a loser. Um, but like, honestly, like the past few months have been really rough and annoying. And like last, this past weekend was the best weekend I've had in a very long time. Cause literally I didn't talk to anyone. I just sat on my couch all weekend and I just watched MLS. So like, that's what I'm really most excited for. But if we want to talk about like actual stuff, um, <laughs> that's an answer. That's an answer. Yeah. But, 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 oh, yeah, no, but, but keep going. You want, you want to say something else, but, but I a hundred percent. 
not saying I'm an LAFC fan whatsoever, but, you know, being on LAFC show, I have, I definitely am curious as to what this team will do. They obviously have heavy expectations every year and they've choked every year in the playoffs. So is this the year they finally like pull it together? Um, that That's a big question this season. And then I really like the New England Revolution. I'm not just saying that because they followed me on Instagram, <laughs> but like, I mean, for context, Lee Wynn is my favorite soccer player of all time. I could talk about that another time. Um, but um, the, I really love the New England Revolution squad, and I think they're they're going to raise a lot of eyebrows this year. And uh, I have them going to the MLS Cup, which is a hot take. Okay. It's a good is, take. That is a hot take. Yeah. What do you? Th- we've chatted with Dan Lovitz, Nashville's left back, a couple of times on the show. What's your honest take on Nashville's prospects for the season? Ah. <sighs> So it's like they they definitely have the mentality defense wins championships. Um, in their history, defense wins a couple playoff games. Obviously, they've only played one season, and that's been great. Uh, the biggest question is who's going to score the goals because a lot of the big name guys that they brought in, John Durkad is Hani Mukhtar, they were not really great last year. So it's all about how those guys adjust this season, and so far they look pretty great sure they gave up two goals to cincinnati um which is pretty laughable but i mean they got they got new talent as well but the fact that like cadiz was able to get on the board and then randall leal scored an absolute banger it it, it gives me the hopes that maybe their attack will be better this year and if so they will make the playoffs again but if the if their attack is the same as last year overall they're not going to make the playoffs again just because there's a lot of teams that are knocking on the doorstep of the playoffs and teams that got tremendously better. You look at Atlanta United had a very big offseason, plus getting Joseph Martinez back. I'm almost willing to guarantee they make the playoffs this season, which obviously kicks off one of the playoff teams. So Nashville's got to make sure that they're still in the fight. And I do think the Chicago Fire can actually like make the playoffs. I really want them to. Trust me, I like you guys a lot. And I'm not saying that because like I'm talking to you, but like, <laughs> This year, I wanted to underrate them because every time, every year, I seem to overrate them and they disappoint me. Welcome um, to my life. So, yeah, I hope that's not the state of affairs with MNUFC this year, Eli. Give me a quick take on your your prospects, uh, even after this really bad first week for them. Ignore the first week. I love this team. Um, I, I'm not even saying it because I'm talking to Minnesota fan, but if you watch like my show and like whatever uh, other collabs I've been on, I think Emmanuel Reynoso will be the MVP this year. I think uh, he has a chance to break the assist record in MLS. Wow. Um, which is 20, 26 in a season. The, the rate that he was on last year, three assists or sorry, seven assists in three playoff matches. And then like seven assists in like 10 or so regular season matches like that rate has never been seen in MLS before. If he keeps up that consistency consistency, he'll be great. And I think what will really help him was the addition of Roman Abila, who is the new striker coming in from Boca, same club that Reynoso came in from. And he is a goal scorer. Sure. He did not get on board against the Sounders, but it was his first match. He came off the bench and he had some great chances and he looked like he is going to be, a successful signing for them. And I think that duo could compete with the best of the best in the league for sure. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. I want, I want a little more from Ludd uh, on the, on the attacking front as well. He's a, you know, our, our left footed uh, Scandinavian. Yeah. 
he actually plays, I think, Denmark. You think he's on the he plays on the national team for Denmark too. So, just, I think that's the country we're hoping for big things from Lud as a MMA yeah. Is. It's either Denmark or Finland. I don't remember which one. Okay. Um, but Robin Lud, I mean, if he plays on the wing, which is his natural position, he should be a lot better for you guys. It was kind of weird to see him as yeah. like your striker heading right. into the season. Um, if he plays at his natural position, then he should be a lot more comfortable and better i guess our, our stat man has fed us the the answer stat intern it's finland it's okay. finland it's finland it was close uh, eli knew see i was throwing out denmark you pretend you gotta pretend <laughs> just go with me <laughs> a lot of yeah a lot of bangers that first weekend like we were glued to the tv watching fox abc and then i've watched the highlights for all the games i wasn't able to actually catch just so many good goals and all over, you know, all different teams and a lot of parody. I feel like those were the two exciting things about this first weekend for me. A lot of goals, a lot of great goals, and some teams already showing that they could cause havoc in the, the playoff races later on. No, and I agree. And that's what drew me to MLS in the first place over European soccer. You watch the Bundesliga, you know who's going to win. You watch the the French League, you know PSG's most likely going to win. I know they're currently not leading. Um, but... MLS, anyone could win on any given day. And it's just the beautiful thing of the sport here in America. And it's why I'm not too against the salary cap uh, DP type stuff. I kind of like how it's really how good of a GM are you? How good at managing your squad are you in MLS? It's not about money per se. I mean, in terms of like getting into the league, it's about money. But uh, in terms of the competitive play, I kind of like how it's kind of evened out. That's actually a really good point when it comes to the salary caps. Do you think that coaching plays a larger role in the MLS than abroad? Because we, we everyone talks about, maybe not everyone, people outside of the MLS community talk about the Peps and the Jurgen Klops and these great managers who have huge personalities. Obviously, the MLS isn't as big of a league. But do you think coaching plays a larger role in the MLS than it does in other leagues because of teams being on more level playing fields? Yes. However, I would say it is more on the front office than the actual coaches themselves. Because, for example, I know they won this weekend, but Tab Ramos, who is the head coach of the Houston Dynamo, is probably a top five head coach in the league, I would say. He is a great manager, but he does not have the squad that that could actually play his style very well, or he doesn't have the talent to really compete in MLS. So I think it's definitely more on the front office and because they're the ones who are making the signing decisions. Managers have the input, but when the roster rules are so tight like they are in MLS, it really is on the general manager and the president of each club and how they build the roster from their point of view. Love that. Do we uh, want to hop into our, our game? Yeah, heck yeah. I think you'll enjoy this one. We're going to go in a round circle, okay? Um, and we're going to start with you, Eli, and then we'll go Icy, and then me, and then Eli. Okay. Um, uh, you just got to say nice things about whatever this topic is, all right? Um, I feel like so often, you know, we like to throw the shed the negative light, but here on the Footy Fellas Podcast Network, I guess is what we're calling this this show at the moment, we have to be positive, all right. We have to be encouraging. So, so the first thing that we're gonna be positive about. Did we brand? Did we brand this segment? Wait, I have a question. Yeah. Shoot, <laughs> are you guys about to make me compliment Nickelback or something? 
<laughs> we that's can, a great don't get the many to the bottom of the list. We already have some. We already have some other ones potentially on the level of Nickelback that we we thought were, were suitable okay. for the combo. <laughs> but did we ever come up with the name? Was this like say nice things about? Or I, I think it's I think it's just say trademarked nice, say nice things. I, okay, we, we, it, it's definitely we're looking for names for this game though. But say nice things about in italics feels like the right the right name for this. Great. So first, your first thing, Eli, and then again, I see you're next, uh, which, you know, we, we kind of talked about this earlier. So hopefully it's re- readily tip of your tongue. Say something nice about the Chicago fire. Okay. When he is on his game, I think Alvaro Madron is easily a top five midfielder in MLS. Ooh. Love it. I see what you got. Robert Barrich. Barrick is uh, pure quality. Uh, Chicago as a city is just, you can't chef kiss. Incredible. Watching the opening day weekend, Soldier Field, even at lesser capacity, didn't even mean to sneak in lesser there. I don't know how often that happens, but I'm sure that that's got to happen at least once on like every podcast you're on. Oh yeah. Uh, Even with fewer people in the stadium, it looked kind of bumping and there was great energy. So I'm excited for more games at Soldier Field for the fire. Love the energy. Um, Eli, back to you. Say something nice about Michael Bradley. You know what? I, I, it's funny. I did a video on this a couple weeks ago <laughs> saying it's time to leave Michael Bradley alone. We got you. We're, we're we, following. People, so I'm going to say this because there's parallels to nowadays. He played in the Dutch League before it was cool for an American too. He played in Germany before it was cool for an American too. He played in Italy when it was cool for an American too. And I think people need to appreciate that a bit more about him. He was starting on Roma, you know, and like there weren't guys like that. There were very few. And now today it's become more of a common thing. So he's a real trailblazer for that. And I think that people need to respect his career accomplishments a bit more. He also, I mean, people forget that like he won the domestic treble with Toronto FC, which is huge, and he was the captain of that team. Criticize his leadership skills all you want with the national team, but even with the national team, he still made 151 appearances, which is huge. Michael Bradley looks good bald. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely looks better bald than with that hair, whatever he had back in the day. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say he's he's an inspiration to all of us receding hairline fellows. So that was uh, that was my that was my shout. I'm close. <laughs> mine i'll keep it quick but it's a, a sto- quick story time when i was in florida playing in one of these like florida's classic florida soccer tournaments way back in the day and as roma happened to be training at i think it was the espn wide world of sports facility they have there and so as roma happened to be training there all of us were kind of lined up on the fence and he walked out with the team had his cleats was about to go on the pitch but then a kid asked for a signature and he went back and signed the kids cleats. So good on you. Good on you, Michael Bradley. That stuff sticks with hey, people. It's a good man right there. And I was that now. <laughs> 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 that has been stuck with me forever, man. <laughs> yeah. um, Eli, throw it back. Uh, say something nice. Say something nice about LA traffic. Okay. You know, because I lived through it, I will say, and I actually, so I went to high school during rush hour traffic, it's an hour away from where I live. Wow. Um, and what I will say is after a stressful seven hours of school, if you're not rushing to get home, 
and you just blast the music, sit back and kind of lean back in your car. It is quite the vibe. Mm. If you have a nice breeze outside, you just slowly lower it. And it's how you defeat L.A. traffic without obviously getting home faster because, you know, that's inevitable. You want <laughs> But that's what I got to say about it. You know, L.A. traffic, let me tell you, you think you wake up in the morning with a cup of joe, cup of coffee? Heck no. You wake up in the morning with a good whiff of exhaust fumes. I get myself <laughs> riled up. That's that's why I love L.A. traffic. Uh, L.A. traffic has produced some pretty iconic uh, uh, car chases, so I'm appreciative of that. Thank you, L.A. traffic. Is that true? O.J.? Oh, okay. Like yeah, one, was, okay, okay. one. Just one. Fair. But it is the iconic car chase. So. <laughs> car chase to end all car chases. Uh, L.A. traffic is a punchline for a lot of jokes, and so... It, not being from not ever have been to LA or sitting in LA traffic. That's what I'll say from an outsider's perspective. It's a punchline for a Derby. Even that, you know, exactly. All traffic. Uh, want to go that one? Yeah. So next one, say something nice about the SI Newhouse school of public communication. Other night. I mean, what are the negative? Sorry. Uh, He knows who's listening. I mean, I'm just going to say like, I very much appreciated the experience that I've had here um, and like the network I've been able to build in terms of classmates. You know, I think the the most special thing about attending here is collab. I mean, like I collaborate with people in the MLS community. I collaborate with students here and, to help me with my project, help them with their projects, not even just broadcasting stuff um, back in the day, like a year ago, freshman year of college, I'm a sophomore. Um, so not back in the day, um, but I, I came out, I came out with this week in MLS merch, um, which I worked on with a design major in Newhouse with an advertising major in Newhouse and, um, and whatnot. And it was just a collaborative effort and it was really cool how that came together. It, it just us sitting at a lunch table there, um, and stuff like that. Uh, if you want to talk about the negatives, I think I'd like to hear that honestly, um, we made it up. We're just stirring the pot. Say something nice about green screens. Honestly, I fucking hate <laughs> <laughs> It's been great having you on the pod. Thank you. Sorry it had to end this way. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, with the green screens, man, like I will just complain a little bit <laughs> because when I have to film stuff, uh, for the 110 show, they're so picky about the lighting and it really has to be perfect. And in a dorm room where I like have to live and, you know, move around, having the green screen up all the time, I leave it up all the time because I don't want to fuck it up and I don't want to <laughs> like ruin it. Um, but what I will say is, I guess it's kind of cool to have. It's kind. I mean, I think the only great thing about the green screen is being able to say, yo, I have a green screen in my room. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Last one. Say something nice about the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, this is where we draw. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, it's kind of weird. So when I say I'm a Clipper fan, like above MLS, I'm a Clipper fan. And the reason why I don't ever want to cover basketball is because I refuse to ever get rid of my Clipper bias. I grew into, I grew up into a season ticket holding family which is why I I have I didn't cho- I didn't choose this path I didn't choose to hate myself, <laughs> um, and you know when kids were walking around school 
in elementary school wearing Kobe Bryant jerseys. I was wearing Chris Kamen jerseys. <laughs> and, you know, I got bullied pretty heavily in middle school by Laker fans. You know, I, the classic thrown in dumpster. So I really don't have anything nice to say about the Lakers. Uh, I can't even do this. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, uh, yeah. It's too hard. So many annoying Laker fans in my life that I, I, I consider friends, I guess, but also my biggest enemies. <laughs> um, it was nice of them to let us use the Staples Center for a while, but now we're getting our own arena, which is going to be 10 times better. So yeah. Good spin zone. Everybody spin wins. Zone, nice Everybody thing, wins. Yeah. Well done. The LA Lakers used to be the Minneapolis Lakers. That's their best trait. Yes, I agree. They should go back. Uh-uh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, you know, um, they, they make yellow, like a kind of decent looking Jersey. Like, I don't, I feel like yellow is not a color that come to my mind. So they, they, they're fine at that. Columbus crew makes it better. Ooh, that's a good take. <laughs> I like that. That's a good take. Yeah. I think the Lakers are just a, they're such like a worldwide name and the Clippers have been getting so much better. I, I mean, they they were good. Lob city, like they've had a lot of great, uh, periods recently and we'll see what happens this year because they've been hot recently very hot paul george looking good yes Kawhi, everyone coming together but i'll give the lakers props for being such a worldwide brand it's tough it's tough to build your brand up whoever comes through they're always representing the brand more than themselves and if we can get that big if footy fellas can be known in japan germany robin ludd's family in finland if they know footy fellas as well as they know the gosh darn los angeles lakers then we're doing something right so i'll, I'll put some can i add something about paul george real Do quick it. you know last season they called him pandemic p but you know what this season he is vaccinated <laughs> he got vaccinated and he is back hopefully we love that uh speaking of making brands and, and making it big in this world eli you are clearly crushing it and we are again honored to have you on um if anything i think we want it. we have a quick outro yeah we have a, we were debating whether this is a walk-off or not walk-off like a walk-up song or an outro so we'll play it as an outro um any any final words any final words to all of our fofs our viewers um, is it Nickelback? It's not Nickelback. It's not Nickelback. <laughs> you, okay. But you will recognize it. Okay, fair. fade that out beautifully because it, it's a bop it's a jam and it was stuck in my head after listening for a while so i hope you i hope you know you're that, proud of yourself yeah whoever sings that has a very beautiful voice <laughs> agreed agreed um but no uh hopefully i could make that song a full-fledged thing uh the the guy who made the beat and the remix is a very close friend of mine um and he also if you ever listen to my videos on my channel or my show he makes all the background music which is pretty cool shout out to luca he he just moved to colorado from la um and he's just doing his thing so much love to him and he's kind of the third to max and i it's like max me and max and then luca so shout out to both of them that's our next gig. We okay. need a Luca. Yeah, we to find a Luca. Yeah, that's, that's our, our next, that's our only thing. That's episode 50, 58. <laughs> we're in we're in search of a Luca.
Once again, big thanks to Eli for taking the time to hop on the pod with us. Always a pleasure. Uh, We're looking forward to keeping up with his material, um, and I hope you are too. Take it easy. Shake, shake, shake.